Section 18 of According to Promise. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Simon Wainwright. According to Promise by Charles Spurgeon. Section 18. The time of the promise. The time of the promise drew nigh. Acts chapter 7 verse 17. Thomas Brooks reminds us that the mercies of God are not styled the swift but the sure mercies of David. There is nothing of hurry about the procedure of the Lord. It may even seem that the chariots of his grace are long in coming. It is by no means an unusual circumstance for the saints to be heard crying, O Lord, how long? It is written, The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Isaiah chapter 58 verse 8. Now the guard of the rear comes up last, but it does come. God may sometimes make us wait, but we shall see in the end that he is as surely the omega as the alpha of his people's salvation. Let us never distrust him, but though the vision tarry, let us wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 There once sailed from the port of London a vessel, which the owner called the swift shore, because he hoped it would prove both safe and speedy. Truly, this is a fit name for the Lord's mercy. It is both swift and sure. David may not have said so in the text, which Brooks quotes, but he often said as much, and even more, in others. Did he not say, he rode upon a cherub, and did fly, yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. The Lord is not slow to hear the cries of his people. He has set a time to favor Zion. When that set time is come, there will be no delay. The date for its fulfillment is an important part of a promise. Indeed, it enters into the essence of it. It would be unjust to delay the payment of a debt, and the obligation to keep one's word is of the same nature. The Lord is prompt to the moment in carrying out his gracious engagements. The Lord had threatened to destroy the world with a flood, but he waited the full time of respite until Noah had entered the ark. And then, on the selfsame day, the fountains of the great deep were broken up. He had declared that Israel should come out of Egypt, and it was so. And it came to pass, at the end of the four hundred and thirty years, even the selfsame day, it came to pass, that all the host of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt, Exodus Chapter 12, verse 41. According to Daniel, the Lord numbers the years of his promise and counts the weeks of his waiting 
as for the greatest promise of all namely the sending of his son from heaven the lord was not behindhand in that great gift but when the fullness of the time was come god sent forth his son made of a woman beyond all question the lord our god keeps his word to the moment when we are in need we may be urgent with the lord to come quickly to our rescue even as david pleaded in the seventieth psalm make haste o god to deliver me make haste to help me o lord verse one i am poor and needy make haste unto me o god thou art my help and my deliverer o lord make no tarrying verse five the lord even condescends to describe himself as making speed to carry out his gracious engagements saying i the lord will hasten it in his time isaiah sixty verse twenty but we must not pray in this fashion as though we had the slightest fear that the lord could or would be dilatory or that he needed us to quicken his diligence no the lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness second peter three verse nine our god is slow to anger but in deeds of grace his word runneth very swiftly psalm one hundred forty seven verse fifteen sometimes his speed to bless his people outstrips time and thought as for instance when he fulfills that ancient declaration it shall come to pass that before they call i will answer and while they were yet speaking i will hear isaiah sixty five verse twenty four yet there are delays in the answers to our prayers as the husbandman does not reap to-day that which he sowed yesterday so neither do we always at once obtain from the lord that which we seek of him the door of grace does open but not to our first knocks why is this it is because the mercy will be all the greater for being longer on the road there is a time for every purpose under heaven and everything is best in its time fruit ripens in its season and the more seasonable it is the better it is untimely mercies would be only half mercies therefore the lord withholds them till they have come to their perfection even heaven itself will be all the better because it will not be ours till it is prepared for us and we are prepared for it love presides over the arrangements of grace and strikes upon the bell when the best moment has arrived god blesses us by his temporary delays as well as by his prompt replies we are not to doubt the lord because his time has not yet come that would be to act like putulent children who must have a thing at the instant or else they think they shall never have it a waiting god is the true object of confidence to his waiting people therefore will the lord wait 
that he may be gracious unto you. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. His compassions fail not, even when his gracious operations appear to be suspended, and our griefs are deepened. Yea, it is because he loves us so much that he tries us by delaying his answers of peace. It is with our Father in heaven, even as it was with our Lord on earth. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. John 11, verses 5 and 6. Love closes the hand of divine bounty and restrains the outflow of favor when it sees that a solid gain will ensue from a period of trial. Perhaps the time of the promise has not yet come because our trial has not yet fulfilled its design. The chastening must answer its purpose or it cannot be brought to an end. Who would desire to see the gold taken out of the fire before its dross is consumed? Wait, O precious thing, till thou hast gained the utmost purity. These furnace moments are profitable. It would be unwise to shorten such golden hours. The time of the promise corresponds with the time most enriching the heart and soul. Perhaps, moreover, we have not yet displayed sufficient submission to the divine will. Patience has not yet had her perfect work. The weaning process is not accomplished. We are still hankering after the comforts which the Lord intends us forever to outgrow. Abraham made a great feast when his son Isaac was weaned, and peradventure, our Heavenly Father will do the same with us. Lie down, proud heart, quit thine idols, forsake thy fond dottings, and the promised peace will come unto thee. Possibly also we have not yet performed a duty which will become the turning point of our condition. The Lord turned again the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. It may be that the Lord will make us useful to a relative or friend before he will favor us with personal consolations. We are not to see the face of our Joseph except our brother be with us. Some ordinance of the Lord's house may lie neglected, or some holy work may be left undone, and this may hinder the promise. Is it so? Are the consolations of God small with thee? Is there any secret thing with thee? Peradventure, we are yet to vow unto the Lord and make a notable sacrifice unto him, and then will he bring his covenant to mind. Let him not have to complain. Thou hast brought me no sweet cane with money. Rather, let us accept his challenge. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing. 
God's promises are so dated as to secure his glory in their fulfillment, and this must be enough for us when we can see no other reason for delay. It may be necessary for us to be made more fully aware of our need and the great value of the blessings which we crave. That which too lightly comes may be too lightly prized. Perhaps our ungrateful spirits need tutoring to thankfulness by an education of waiting. We might not loudly sing if we did not deeply sigh. Wanting and waiting lead to panting and pleading, and these in due time lead to joying and rejoicing. If all things could be known to us as they are, known to god we should bless him with all our hearts for keeping us under the smarting rod and not sparing us for our crying if we could know the end as well as the beginning we should praise the lord for closed doors and frowning looks and unanswered petitions surely if we knew that the lord's great purposes were answered by our continuing without the pleasures we desire and bearing the evils which we dread we should cry aloud to be left in our poverty and to be shut up in our pain if we can glorify god by being denied what we seek we desire to be denied greatest of all our prayers and some of all the rest is this one nevertheless not as i will but as thou wilt end of section 18 recording by simon wainwright